Welcome to TTELT. I'm Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO of Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. We have a special guest with us today, Ms. Alexandra Nijuli from Albania. I will introduce her in just one minute. I met Alexandra while I was teaching as an English language fellow in Albania at the University of Tirana. A mutual acquaintance of ours who was a Fulbright specialist connected us because he knew we were both entrepreneurial educators and he thought we would be a good connection. Hence, two years later, we are still in touch, even though I have come back to the United States, we've survived COVID and many other things. And I was so excited that she agreed to join us today because Alexandra is an exemplary entrepreneurial educator. And she's going to share with us today about how she started an online teaching business. Hello, Alex. So nice to have you join us today. How are you? Hi, Eileen. I'm okay, thanks. What about you? Great. You look beautiful as always. <laughs> Thank I just, you. I just gave a nice introduction about you to our listeners. So we can jump right in and you can share a little bit more about yourself. I shared about how we met in Tirana, Albania through a fellow Fulbright colleague and our entrepreneurial interests. So if you want to share a little bit more about how you started an online teaching business pre-COVID, before online was a real thing, um, how and why you jumped into this aspect of teaching. Well, my teaching experience actually started way before when I was uh, still a student and hasn't stopped ever since. Well, you know what they say, it's like it's all about passion more than just being a job. It's, it's, um, it's giving purpose. It's, it's meaningful once you see that the students actually learn something and it's because of you. So it's always been like that for me. And, um, well, it, it goes way back, like when I was a student and I would always take translations, uh, movie translations or other documents on the way of teaching um, online and offline to kids and adults and foreigners and so on. So it's like being a workaholic. 24 to 7 <laughs> until one day I saw myself collapsing and I went to the ER and from that moment on my life changed because uh, I, I was laying in bed for uh, more than four months and um, going from one doctor to the other they they couldn't figure it out and they couldn't tell me whether I would walk again or not so basically I lost all of my jobs uh, part-time jobs and also my full-time job as a teacher uh, going to a language center and uh, I was left only with my online classes so I was thinking if, if this is going to be my future I have to support myself in, in some some way and um, that's where my endeavors started like I, I thought of it as a personal project I, I started, I launched a personal um, website 
where I was the only teacher and I was actually just um, promoting my one-on-one um, or group sessions as an English teacher, although I know other languages as well. And then it came up after a market study that uh, I did for about six months during this time, once I started the project, it turned out that other, um, other teachers, other experts were interested so being in my position or having young kids or uh, having other problems they would be very interested to actually be part of this um, this project that, that I would call now matured or grow, grown up because it's been like almost the fourth year that we've launched it. So Sapientify started as a personal thing because uh, it motivated me to go out of the situation I was back then, laying in bed for a long time, and then it helped others as well. So now we have um, we have more than I don't know like twenty teachers teaching. Uh, we have different languages: Italian, English, French, German, Albanian as a, the native language for other immigrants. And uh, well, yeah. So uh, everything can be possible. One problem can actually be the solution for something bigger. As long as you see the, the the bright perspective. Amen. That's a great way to <laughs> take something that's a very challenging circumstance and turn it into something wonderful. And it's great to see you walking again and doing all that you're doing. I've had struggles, but yeah, I keep on moving on and I don't let them break me down. Yeah, it's incredible. Your entrepreneurial spirit shines through. So for those of our listeners that are potentially interested in doing something along these lines. Um, can you give us some examples of like what made your teaching platform take, uh, take a, a leap forward? How did you gain success and your stride, if you will, as you move from you know, one or two students to hiring other teachers? How did you gain traction into oh. developing such a business? Uh, what I would firstly suggest to to them is, um, well, trial and error is the key, Eileen, and you might know it as well. Um, but I started everything um, trying it myself. Like I started with my own students, my, uh, my one-on-one uh, students, private tutoring, and I uh, um, actually asked them to go online to test it, whether they would feel comfortable or not. And bear in mind, this, this was a situation pre-COVID. So um, they were a bit skeptical. They were judgmental, thinking that the, the connection was would be missing. And um, well, I invited them and they were pretty, pretty um, satisfied because they were half laying in bed, I would say, or just, I don't know, like sitting comfortably at home and yeah, once they saw it, their, their skepticism went away and um, they really liked the process of learning online. So first of all, trial and error. And before you go big, you have to start small. And uh, once we started growing and hiring the first teachers, we always try to tend to our students' uh, language needs. 
So that was our priority to keep the, the success by attending to their needs. And um, if they suggested something, because every month we would do these Google forms and interviewing them, whether they had some suggestions or they needed something to be changed, we did that. So that how, that's how we gained also their trust. And the referee system them referring other people as well helps you stand on the market. So that was the, that would be the second suggestion I would give to everyone. And also the third would be to um, train yourselves. By teaching doesn't mean that you know it all and you have always to be updated with the latest techniques, the new curriculums, so train yourself and learn, and then you can teach. That At least that's how we do it. We train our teachers every month, not only with the new stuff, but we also, you know, the, 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 the brain actually tries to forget what, they, uh, what we don't uh, practice daily. And that's why. So we review <laughs> the previous stuff, and also we train them for the updates and the new programs. But but also, you know, um, if you choose the right niche, um, so for example, we focus on immigrants because they need the language, that helps you as well because you know who you're targeting and what they need and makes it easier. Yes, it's very important. And English for like specific purposes, correct? In terms of exactly. business people or other types of English that the students need. So I heard you say, just to reiterate, uh, make your focus student-centered, first and foremost. Uh, keep your teachers trained. What kind of trainings do you do, for example, on a monthly basis? Can you give, like, the last two months, for example, what new trainings you brought for your teachers to keep them updated in current methods? It's like a chain reaction, for example. Uh, once we take our students' feedback, uh, for example, if they say we want to have more communication or colloquial English, for example, where we, we focus on that and we see, um, for example, now with COVID happening, uh, everything went online and we try to adapt everything online and we see what, what tools we can use. For example, we have digital flashcards that help students with pictures, with words, with sentences, with quizzes. And uh, we train the teachers with a new tool, if we add one. Or uh, we train them how to handle uh, difficult situations, um, being those um, problematic students, being those technical issues, um, what else? When we, for example, when the lights run out, yeah, that happens too because we, we live in the third world country <laughs> and we're, the electricity goes out. And uh, there might be a lack of uh, internet connection. So different types of situations. And also we um, have our own teachers train uh, the other teachers with new techniques because we developed this teacher of the month program where the best teacher of the month uh, shares her own techniques and skills to the rest of the, her colleagues. And That's this is also idea. effective. 
That's a really great idea. The teacher of the month. I think we're going to have to incorporate that into our program as well. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Teaching tips with the teacher of the month from around the world. I like that idea very much. Yeah, you can add that too. (laughs) See, all of us teachers like to collaborate and share ideas. We want to be, what's the word? Collaborative rather than competitive. Okay, because we all can benefit from what each other has to offer and share with one another. Well, I suppose and I believe actually that uh, we are all uh, unique in the sense that you could uh, get my uh, my technique the way uh, I, I share it, but you'll adapt it to your own personality and method of teaching. So it's, it will still be unique. That, that's really true because everybody brings their own personality to the method. And yeah. that would be a fun way to share the method and then have them implement it with their personality flair, if you will whether it's total physical response or something like that. Yeah. And I really like how you talked about listening to their students and teaching what they need and want to learn. That is so important because I think so often, especially in traditional classrooms with, I say, traditional curriculum, it's a kind of prescribed curriculum that we as teachers are told to teach, but oftentimes it misses the mark with what the students are interested in and or want to learn or can practice in real life outside the classroom. So what you're doing is very uh, appropriate to keen in on the students' interests and a specialized market. How, uh, going on that, how do you generate, I mean, you said, I know you mentioned referrals, but even mm-hmm. before you got the first referral, how did you get your initial students and your initial teachers? Like at what point did you decide I need to hire another teacher? This is too many students for me. Um, well, it actually was the market study. I saw that there were many people interested because um, the, the lack of time, first of all. Like I said, I, we were focused mainly on immigrants. Uh, whether they're Albanian immigrants or other immigrants out there. And uh, they have big issues, let's say, um, regarding the a foreign teacher. So they don't understand the foreign teachers and this gets them more introvert. So they, they think that they cannot learn the language. Um, other issues might be, for example, lack of time. So I would always be flexible and adapt to their schedule and free time. But at some point I couldn't handle anymore because, for example, they would be always interested for Monday classes, uh, sorry, morning classes and afternoon or evening classes. And my schedule was always busy, but it's very hard to say to a client, no, sorry, So, yeah, that was the point I was training other teachers. And also, we had interest for other languages as well. But since many people, for example, are are emigrating to Germany, there were so many students interested to to have um, German classes online. And one step after the other, this led to expanding the business and hiring them. Some would be part-time, some would be full-time. But... It didn't matter as long as the, the teachers were qualified and adapting quickly to the technical situations that the online world has. That's great. So yeah. How did that you, was the starting point? Yeah, thank you. How did you uh, determine a pay scale, if you will? Particularly, I'm asking even from the American perspective 
for immigrants and refugees that come here. I have taught a lot as well, but very frequently they don't have much money at all to pay for private classes um, and often go to a community college where they get free classes. So how were you able to set your prices in an affordable way for immigrants, for example, in Albania? Well, Eileen, if, um, if I were to be mainly a businessman and not uh, a teacher or entrepreneur, I would think of the money first and I wouldn't be targeting immigrants. But I wanted, since I started my profession, to leave a mark or to make a difference in my students' lives, like I said. And uh, what I would do was, uh, for example, compared to uh, immigrants living in Germany, I would figure out by asking uh, my relatives living there, what would the average salary of, um, of an immigrant employee would be? I would just deduct the costs and everything else and figure out how much they would spend for their courses enough to have a quality course, language course, but also to, for the teacher to have a profit. So not, not just to give it for free, obviously, Right. but not to make it also too expensive for them not to be able to pay for it. Yeah. And I would do the same also for those that live in, in England or other places. So we took an average. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You did a lot of research. It sounds it's like. It's a studded market, my, studded market, my dear. And uh, it, it, it took me six months. I would just think about everything. How uh, would the, 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 the traction would be projected or, um, how much they would pay, how I would, um, how much I would pay to my teachers and uh, the, the costs and everything. But, you know, it was, I, I, I had zero background in business. And I would just... Definitely probably encouraging for our listeners to hear. Because many people zero. feel like they can't do this if they're not trained in some business skills. Yeah, I, I, I am a teacher. I'm an English teacher. That's how I started. But it shows any one of us can be entrepreneurs as teachers and often it's more fun can be. So let's jump into what are the best benefits and practical aspects of being your own boss and having an entrepreneurial teaching business? Um, well, the first I could think of, it would be um, on the upper part. Obviously, you have to wear like a T-shirt to look a bit presentable, but if you like it, you could wear pajamas or shorts, <laughs> lower part of your body. And that's, that's uh, what we enjoy the most as uh, online teachers. Comfortable. I, don't, I don't know if you feel me. <laughs> yes, yes, comfortable. <laughs> yeah. The second would be like, well, you could just, I don't know, like sip some wine in the, in the mug, pretending it's coffee or just tea and nobody will notice, but please don't get drunk. <laughs> yeah. And well, the rest is a bit more serious. It's like you get to have less taxes and less expenses and where you could use a home office or even just a small office would be okay even for your employees, like in the future. Because as you can tell, I have um, a digital background and the lightning must be, you know, natural, but it doesn't matter what's behind of you because it will cover. And um, yeah, that's pretty cool. 
you can organize your time better. You decide which hours you want to work and which hours you want to spend with your family or with yourself and traveling also. So you can travel. And as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection, you earn, you still earn, you still work Yeah. at the beach, for example. Right, right. Yeah. And um, there's infinite resources of materials out there to, to, to use, to train yourself and to train teachers and so on. There's plenty of uh, websites that offer free trainings. That's what I was going to ask you about. Are there any specific ones you would recommend? Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, uh, for example, the ones that I always use is um, Coursera, it's Future Learn. There are some Udemy uh, courses that are free, available. But also, YouTube has a great, is a great resource for uh, business books because you could have audio. And for example, once I go, while I go to the gym or I go jogging, I just put my earphones on and I go to YouTube. And for example, the, la- the latest book I'm reading is The Lean Startup. So you just go to Google and somebody there, I thank God always that there are good people uh, recording their voices and just putting the free books uh, for us to just, you know, to just uh, listen. Because obviously in these busy times, we don't have time to educate ourselves enough. Yeah. And what about curriculum websites for, say a teacher says, well, I, I want to go ahead and do this. Where do they start with the curriculum? Um, well, some of the tools that we always use uh, are, is, for example, Go Conquer. It has digital uh, flashcards like Go Conquer. And um, another one, for example, there's plenty. Let me just check. <laughs> so many. Yeah. Um, we'll put these in the web, uh, our YouTube. We'll put them in our notes. Yeah, a Canva, for example. With Canva, you could uh, make uh, presentations. You could make whatever you want, like flashcards, or you can print, uh, like, uh, download PDF versions or uh, picture versions or anything. Like, Canva is, is for free, and it's, like, amazing for our, us teachers. And there's um, these, um, there's so, so many uh, websites that you could get uh, available PDF books, and you could get, like, teacher lessons, like lesson plans, yes. like ready-made ideas for, for teachers out there. And uh, well, if you want something more professional, you can go to TPT, Teachers Pay Teachers, and they're, they're like um, very cheap or Twinkle if you are teaching kids. Like Twinkle has this uh, very cheap um, monthly subscription and it allows you to download whatever you want. That's how I would teach uh, kindergarten kids back then. That's great. Okay, yeah, if you uh, put those into your end notes too, we'll include them for our listeners. They can also view this on YouTube. Yeah, and not only, but um, I would invite them at this point to our workshop in August, right? Yes, I would yeah. mention that in just a minute. But yes, uh, Alex will be presenting this in more in-depth detail and maybe even sharing 
how she utilizes these online flashcards. It's 17 hours. You can see those in person and have some time to practice with them. That will be coming up in August. We'll come back to that. But just as a, before we get to the summary, can you share quickly any challenges that the, the biggest challenges and how you've overcome them? And then we'll jump into our summary. Yeah, um, I could mention one and it, it's the most important. Um, you have to be wise because once you start a business, you cannot tell which one is your friend or not in the sense that if, if uh, I would go back again, I would have started everything by myself because it's like what I said, trial and error thing. And uh, obviously you have to have friends around and mentors. That's very uh, important, like a key to success, having mentors teaching you. That's how I learned business skills. But um, I would suggest if it's possible, um, once you start, do not have partners. Try it yourself. Try it if you can handle it. And if you do go having partners in business, like with shares and everything, choose the right person. Be very wise and choose the right person, you know, because that can lead to... um, crashing your business apart and that could lead to i don't know like legal problems and everything yeah well, that's a major advice because it's it's difficult to take decisions by yourself at the beginning but you're not alone all of us have started at some point you know um second problem i would say or second issue you will uh, you will handle at the beginning would be the finances I started from scratch. I had zero uh, amount of money in my bank account. So I was uh, borrowing from friends and family and whatever I could because I just believed it. I was insanely passionate about starting it. And uh, it it costed um, some money, but I was working there and at the same time i was having another job that was covering my major expenses so do not quit your job right away Mm -hmm. try to test it first and if you see that at least you can cover your own salary that's the point where you could actually quit the real job like the full-time job that's the moment so be very cautious because it's like you have to burn the ship at some point, but not just right at the beginning. Right. So, yeah. Both of those challenges to recap, uh, get the right people on the bus, if you will, if you're going to bring other people on. And I would even add to that, if you do go into a business with somebody else, that you do it either 51%, 49% rather than 50-50, just so one person has, hopefully that might be you if you're starting it, <laughs> uh, ultimate say when decisions need to be made one way or the other, that you have the majority uh, say. But yes, I even encourage or echo what Alex says about, um, we've been having maybe more mentors and advisors rather than partners in the business. And then you can hire teachers and you can be in charge of who you hire and just get advice. I think most important, most of us need a support system. Uh, but oftentimes you don't need to bring somebody into the business as that support system. You could have them more in the mentorship or advisory type of role 
rather than within the business itself. And, and the financials. Right. And the financials. I too, when I started my own business, like worked full time while starting another business. So I echo that sentiment as well. And it's challenging. So start when you're younger rather than you're older. <laughs> we lose that momentum to do as much as we get older. So keep going on what you're doing. Go ahead. Yeah. And I don't want to forget another uh, major point that um, the moment you want to quit, you have to be sure that there are amazing people that always got your back and support you and don't let you um, just give up when your weak moments will, will come. I had you, Eileen, and I had other friends of mine that always supported me. So the, those moments will come sooner or later. Sometimes they will be like more um suffocating than the, the the passion you have about the job but just take a, a a day or two a half time to just relax and things see things through and then just keep doing what you're doing because the, the the reason why you went out there building a, a business it's actually meaning that you are needed that the world out there needs your skills needs your expertise that's why you aren't there and you have to always believe that and, and, and remember that. That's a great point. So to recap the top teaching tips with Alexandra, don't overthink it, just do it. I like the analogy that comes to my mind is when you're sitting on the side of a pool or outside the ocean before you jump in a wave, you, the longer you sit and think, the more hesitant you become. So it has to at some yeah. point just dive in and go for it because once you get in, you got to swim, right? So that's yeah. what Alex and I have done. So we encourage you to jump in the water, have your support system so you don't drown, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but jump in and get going. Yeah. Find your niche, your clients that you really want to work with. And I think that's really important that Alexandra mentioned uh, working with immigrants. I too love working with immigrants and refugees in America. I love working with all people, but Finding that niche that really speaks to you will bring your passion to your teaching as well and bring your expertise out as you really try to connect with the people that you most readily connect with for personality reasons, for age reasons. So if you like working with uh, adults rather than children, make that your niche or vice versa. If you love working with children and don't like working with adults, make that your niche, okay? But make sure you clearly identify that because oftentimes we get pulled in too many directions and try to do everything. And I think that can be detrimental to our success, at least really do well in one niche and then expand to other niches if you want to expand. Would you echo that? Yeah, I, I know that it could be intriguing, you know, and it can be tempting. But in Albania, we have an expression that says you cannot hold two pumpkins in one arm, under one arm, you know? Yeah, <laughs> because one of them will fall. So hold one first. And if you're like getting the hand of it and you, if you're stable enough, you can try to find a way to hold the other because it needs techniques and then, you know, and experience. That's why I always say start small. Get the experience because as a new entrepreneur or just even as a freelancer, you have to get experience. You might be experienced as a teacher, but you are not experienced uh, training others, hiring others, uh, no matter how many books you've read, because experience is something different, you know. 
That's really true. And you mentioned getting the tools you need, whether those are tools that you mentioned. Do you want to recap the ones that uh, for teaching tools that you mentioned? Twinkle and Canva. There was one other you mentioned. Go Conquer also yes, for great. digital quizzes and flashcards. And exactly. And we have a lot of those as well. Quizlet, quizzes. Mm -hmm. Kahoot. Kahoot, yes. So get the tools that you need, become really proficient with them, and then implement them. And finally, believe in yourself, right? Yeah. Share. Yeah. Because uh, if you don't, nobody else will. You have to give that energy. You have to make the impact in other people. And um, you have to understand that it's, it's like, like I said, a chain reaction. If you believe in yourself, if you believe in your dream, how you, you imagine your, your business to be, that's the starting point. And everything follows. Like you have to just go for it. Just do it. Be crazy enough. Be um, motivated and be passionate and be disruptive most of all. That's right, because that will shine through in your teaching. So thank you so much, Alex. We're going to share now your upcoming workshop in August. Um, we'd love you to come back and join us with Alexandra in live person on Friday, August 6th at 3 p.m. as Eastern Daylight Time or Eastern Standard Time, New York. And Alex will be going more in depth on her techniques, her curriculum ideas, sharing them live with us and giving you time to practice them and answering any questions you might have for the what ifs, what ifs, <laughs> okay? So please join us Friday, August 6th at 3 p.m. for Alex's live workshop. Also be doing one in honor of my birthday month. My birthday was July 4th. I'm doing a live workshop on the independence of teachers on Friday, July 30th at 12 p.m., 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. And finally, at the end of every month, we have our Saturday Teacher Talks, T-T-E-L-T -T Talks. This is July 31st at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we talk about topics that most interest you. Stay tuned because we're adding a time zone for those in, of you in the world that this time is not so convenient for. We're going to be adding another time zone for that. So stay tuned and check out our website for the times and events. Finally, I want to mention our month of fundraising this month in July. If you can follow us at the Rhodes Education Foundation on Facebook, that's our 501c3, you can find ways that you will be able to support us and donate to offering professional development for teachers globally that may not otherwise be able to afford professional development and resources for teachers with limited resources and access to resources globally, whether that might be lack of Wi-Fi or tangible resources like we have more access to in America. So please support our work and our continuation of podcasts, workshops with wonderful experts in the field like Alex. You can find us at ttelt.org. Email us with any questions, tteltinfo at gmail.com. We look forward to seeing you at our next workshop, either this Saturday or whenever you can join us. Thanks so much, Alex. We really appreciate your participating with us today as well. Thank you for inviting me.